Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and this is a little bit of a special episode. It's been one year since we brought back Creating Pros as a show, and so this is our one-year birthday and one-year anniversary. So I thought I would talk a little bit about a recap of the last year, some of the highlights from the last year, things that I learned, um, some of the great feedback I've gotten over the last year. And I'm just getting home from Multiverse in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where it's been a great weekend, uh, getting to see a lot of old friends, getting to meet some new friends, doing a lot of really good programming, and kind of inspired me to want to talk about, I think, the importance of this show for me and the importance of everybody that has reached out to me over the last year, whether that's in person, uh, via social media, sending me emails, all that kind of good stuff. And I'll talk a little bit as well about as we move into season two, there's going to be a few little changes. I think it's going to be the stuff that you guys are continuing to look for. And if you've got questions or feedback or things that you want to see or hear, um, please, you know, reach out, let me know. Also, it's really helpful, you know, share the, share the show out with your friends, family, whoever else, your writing circles, your creative groups, just get the word out because that's why we're here and that's why we're doing this. So looking at the last year, um, there's been a tremendous amount of change in the creative space. You know, Dragon Con and pretty much every convention I've done this year, plus a lot of other media, a lot of other shows, I've been doing a lot of talking about AI, generative AI, what it is, what it's not. And I did, again, this weekend, a lot of those kinds of panels. And getting into those discussions, you know, we were talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't think we can get away from lesson number one having to do with how generative AI has really kind of changed creative industry, creative business for both good and bad. Some of the things that we were seeing happen and we'll dive into the details of some of the changes that are going on right now. But looking at the last year, what generative AI has really meant to the business in the industry has really been a bit of a shakeup. Um, you know, it means a lot for intellectual property and pretty much it's not just the creative industries that are having to adapt and adjust. It is everyone, everything, every business, every type of consulting, every type of job pretty much has been impacted by it. And so in a, I did several panels this weekend where we were talking about AI and art. What does it mean for artists, for creatives, for authors, uh, for people in film industry. Uh, What does it mean for a a lot of these different spaces? And I'm going to come back down to the same point I've been driving home and and believing about a lot of this. Because again, I've worked in, in and around these technologies for a very long time. But fundamentally, it's a tool. It's a tool set. There are definitive problems on how they were trained um in some cases and we're seeing those things work their way through the legal system now all of that being said fundamentally if we remember that this is a tool and that if we look at how these tool sets work 
there are ways we can ethically contemplate looking to use them, even problematically the way they've been trained, things that have been done. But if we're going to do that, we need to do this in a very conscious and intentional way as we look at these tools, these technologies, and we start to figure out how this change or changes our landscape. But as an author, you know, as a creative, as a writer, all this kind of good stuff, fundamentally, if I can't write better than a system that we're seeing continue to degrade, the quality of it go down, and I'm not doing a better job than what is designed to deliver a basic average product in word, writing, creativity, information, education, then that's on me. If I'm not delivering a better product and doing better work than these automations are, then I need to be working on what I'm doing and how I do them and move on. For artists, I think that it means that we have to understand how we're going to adapt to how work has been grabbed, co-opted, fundamentally pirated and stolen to help teach and train a lot of these systems. But again, it's not going to go away. So I think one of the core things that came out of, of a panel I did earlier today, looking and talking about generative AI, looking at the tools and technologies, we have to accept that there's a lot of ways that they've been trained, not only because of the information that was used, whether it was um, fiction or nonfiction, things that were already, you know, still intellectual property owned by someone else, things that were not con contracted and will let this flow through the court system. Once we accept the problem, the problematic ways they were trained, we also have to accept the materials that have been used to train them, the inherent biases, the inherent issues, because there's a lot we can say also not about what was used, but what hasn't been used and included, included in these tool sets. And had a panel earlier today where um, there was a lot of discussion about, well, how do we deal with PO, you know, people of color? How do we deal with indigenous peoples? Because I've seen a lot of material. I've been questioned about the fact that there's a lot of inherent biases. And in the same conversation, we were talking about the fact that there's inherent biases because the materials that were used for training on these products um, are really incomplete. They don't really fully reflect writing styles and everything else. At the same time, the fact that they have not included so many samples and so many other people included in this means that their IP has been protected. So we have a really significant issue to look at here as we start training, teaching, and building new models, understanding how we go about creating true and complete models that reflect culture, society, and we start to work through some of these sort of technical issues and training biases that have been introduced, but we also then have to understand what this means in terms of reflecting the materials that are available to do these kinds of trainings. So looking kind of at this first question of generative AI, as I've been saying, and as I've been challenging all of my creative friends out there, except that it's not going anywhere. It's here. It's now changed the culture. It's now changed our creative world. And it just means that we now have an opportunity to step up our game and continue to do better than these tools do on their own. The other big part of this was a discussion about society and culture. 
and the fact of do people respect IP? Do people respect the fact that creative work that is owned by someone is used in, cre in creating and training these things? And what do we do with people who don't necessarily understand or respect these ideas of IP and private ownership? And this is going to be a show that's coming up. Um, hopefully by the end of the year, we're going to actually have some conversations about what this means, both from a societal standpoint and from a legal standpoint as well. So again, this is one of those things that it's been hugely impactful this year. And we're still just now trying to figure out what all the game is going to change in this, in this way. I think the second biggest thing and one of the reasons I wanted to do this show again, and the reason I brought it back and the reason I enjoy doing a lot of the media I do is because we get to see how important creativity is to us as people creative output, how it influences our society, our culture, how it informs what we do, how it educates, how it really helps to sculpt society around us. Now, if I look at a lot of the people I've had, you know, had the benefit of having on the show, um, the benefit of people I've done and interviewed on continual panels I've done live, interviews I've done live, other media I've been on, when I look at this, one of the great fears of anyone that is creative is that no one will ever see or appreciate their work, that it will never find that right audience for it. And I still firmly believe that it's it's much like anything else. There's a lot of people out there trying to hit, find their place in the world, make their impact. And if we continue to do these things for long enough, we will find that audience. We will find that impact. But that one of the most important things is resilience. It is persistence and continuing to work forward. And if you do these things, if we look at some of the folks that I've talked on here, I'll, I'll go back to Tom Fleming a, a couple of months ago. Tom is a fantastic artist. Luck is a factor in finding your way in the business. And that luck for him came from answering the right ad in New York to get to go do art for, you know, world wrestling. If we look then at how that led and progressed him to do work for Marvel, for DC, uh, to get to work on things such as um, magic, the gathering systems, to be able to do his own ideas and representations of art inspired by things such as the Sandman series. And the fact that he's, you know, Neil Gaiman is a fan of his work. These are the kinds of things that come from hitting your head against the wall and working on. I go back to conversation I had with Jonathan Mayberry back in the spring. Um, yeah, we were we were supposed to do an event together and do a bunch of workshops and stuff. Unfortunately, Jonathan didn't make it, but we still did the show. We still talked about a lot of the same sorts of, of things and issues. And his view on the business and the fact that it's important that we get as many ideas and people to contribute into creative output because it all has an impact on how we live, how we breathe, how we operate, how we do business and how we live our lives. So that idea of creative output has an impact on people, the majority of whom we'll never know we may or may not have touched that one person out there. 
And looking at so many of the other people I've talked to, interviewed, been on panels with, the importance of what we do creatively is one of those things that also is a part of our place in society and in how we're going to influence art, creativity, and work in 50 years, 100 years maybe even a thousand years after we're all long gone and everybody's forgotten our names, but there may be elements of the work that we, we put in or things that we influenced that people that are creating way down the road from here will get to see, well, we won't get to see it, but they'll see how our work may be touched people now and how that continued to ripple through time. So this is one of those things I think is important for us because art creativity is part of how we leave our mark on history, how we leave our mark on time, how we leave our mark on society. And so few people ever take the opportunity to take their shot to leave their mark. And that's one of the reasons I really enjoy doing this is encouraging people to take their shot and leave their mark. A um, friend of mine, somebody I've known for a number of years, one of the assistant directors came up and um, thanked me, thanked a bunch of us because we inspired him last year about this time to take his shot. And so he's getting his first story published. And having that small bit of impact is how we support each other as a community. And so the fact that another voice is being heard, another viewpoint is being brought into the world. That's part of the reason we do this is because, again, this is not about what I do individually or what somebody else does individually. It's about how we all get to have our touch on society, on culture, and on time. And we never know when there's that one person we may have touched or reached when they needed it most. And so that's one of those things. Everyone I've talked to has a story about somebody that reached out to them because they said, you have no idea. I found your story. I found this article. I found it at that time that I needed it most. And to hear from somebody, those super fans that say, this helped me in a time of need to escape or whatever the case may be. It's one of the most rewarding things you can ever get. We always love to hear that because it, it happens so rarely. Um, but it's a very treasured event to get those, those messages, emails, stuff on social media, things like this. And I think the third and honestly, to me, most important thing from the last year has been really to reinforce something I've, I've said, I've taught and I've, believe in my my deepest soul and my deepest essence that if we express our creativity and not all creativity has to be because you want to try to monetize a hobby or build it into a career but just simply expressing creative output whether that is writing a book painting something digital art cooking anything along those lines that allows you to express yourself 
And so many of these things are so transitory. I mean, think about something as simple as the act of cooking. But if you pour the right intention into it, if you enjoy the act and you do something creative in that moment, everybody that sits down to have that meal can find great value just in the moment. Other people will get to make artwork or stories, music, film that potentially could touch somebody in a moment or it could touch people for a lifetime. And the most important person it can ever touch is the person that created it. The value of our creative output as creative people and all people are creative. Anybody who goes and says, well, I'm not creative. I can't do X, Y, or Z. I assure you, you have creative capabilities because you're human. You may not have found that right voice or that right touch yet. And yes, there are skills that get built in all of these things. But you can find creativity that just simply you enjoy. And maybe that's sitting down and playing with chalk on a sidewalk. But these expressions of creativity, whether they last for a moment or they last for a lifetime, when you in integrate your creative self, your creative soul, when you integrate this into who you are as your being, if you are, if you're true to yourself with it and you've you've really integrated this with yourself, you'll find that this touches every aspect of your life. It touches you personally, professionally, your relationships, your friendships, and the things that it can do for your physical and mental health are immense. So finding these ways to express yourself are the ways that really give meaning to life. And for so many of my friends, and this can be true of myself at times as well, when I don't get to work through those expressions of creativity, it can impact my attitude, my mental health, my 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 headspace. And so understanding and learning and creating kind of that feedback loop, that idea of creative expression is just simply a part of who I am. And it is a critical part of who I am and getting those people around me to, to understand that about me, even if they don't necessarily fully understand it, but understand the importance and to at least support the idea that it is important to me and to everyone I've talked to. One of the questions I try to always ask is, what are your thoughts of the impact of your creativity on you, your life, your quality of life, your headspace? And everyone dives into the fact of this is fundamentally the, what gives the meaning of life. And this is why I believe this is important. Yes, the main focus of this show is much more around the business side of it, right? It's about how do we operate as creatives? How do we make money? How do we do these fun things? And money is a big part of that, but it doesn't have to always be. If you can find the value in it for yourself, if you can find that reward in it for yourself, then there is no greater value than that. And the fact that you can also maybe make a living or make part of your living doing something that brings that much value and that much reward to your own personal life, your own personal being, and 
maybe even your reason for this lifetime. What more can you possibly ask for and want? Happy birthday to Creating Pros. We've got a year here as well. And so until next week, this has been Creating Pros. And we're going to be diving into a few of the changes that are going to be coming in uh, the coming months and the coming weeks. A lot more interviews and a lot more heavier workshop materials are coming as well. So until next week, this has been Creating Pros. Go out there and do something for yourself.